0: I remember writing my first set and I thought, bro, I'm the next Trevor Noah. This is amazing. Wow. <laughs> like, I, I, I was just, as I say, just 100% delusion in my room. I went to the gig, I died on my ass. Almost yeah. no laughs whatsoever. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe. Maybe maybe this isn't for me. There's a lot of sketches out there that have leaned heavily, for instance, on Indian accents. Stereotypical, like, this is what my dad sounds like, this is what my mum sounds like. And you see how those sketches are interpreted by non-Desi people. And a lot of the time, they're laughing with you as much as they're laughing at you. What's up, people? Welcome to this week's
1: episode of the Indie and Doctor podcast. I am Doctor Lust this week. All will be revealed by later, but I am joined by a very, very special guest. He is a comedian. You might know him from a few clips seen online on TikTok about The Apprentice or starting a new job in the corporate workplace or his own stand-up clips. Recently, he's also been posting more political skits, which have had me in absolute stitches. He's also performed on the latest show with Mo Gilligan, been on tour with Munya Chihuahua, and he's also performing on his own tour at the moment. And to round that out, on top of it, he's also performed on the BBC One as well. His name is Daman Bamara Daman, good day,
0: Eden. Good day, That was very nice. That was very. I always, I'm always gassed to hear intros about myself. I'm like, is that me you're describing <laughs> there? Bro. Wow, that's nice. You're like, yeah, yeah. Is sounds, that me? Yeah. Okay, okay. That, that guy. That guy sounds better than me. I don't feel like <laughs> I'm that good. That's 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 nice. <laughs> it's that's so a amazing. very that's a very lovely lovely intro. I really appreciate it. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for joining. It's been, uh, it's
1: been a long time coming, I'm sure, for us to have you on. But I know you're a busy, busy guy, as I can tell from online and from just a numerous amount of clubs you're hitting up all the time. But I'm Dude, very yeah. interested in talking to yourself because you're like an up-and-coming guy that is doing really, really well. And I just want to talk to another Singh who is in the comedian space because there's not many, I'll be honest. And the fact that you're there's doing it is something that I really want to understand. So take me through it, man. How did you... First of all, how did you get into comedy? And what was your job,
0: Bedlar? And are you still mixing the two together? I guess that's three questions. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So like, okay. Um, I, the comedy isn't like something that, you know, some people they've like dreamed of being comedians from a young age. And I don't know, because we're this, we didn't have access to those dreams. Do you know what I mean? I never thought this would be something I was going to get into. So so for me, what happened was I I um I flopped my A levels, sick one, dumb man, good one. And uh, I had to nice, retake nice, the nice. year. I had to retake the year. And so I, I had a little gap year and uh, in the gap year my cousin from Canada came over and he said, Can you give me a tour of London? And I was like, Yeah, go on then. So I took him to the Houses of Parliament, took him to the London eye. I said, Jol, they're clear, that's all there is to London, mate And he was, like, <laughs> he was like, Are you he was like, Are you joking, bruv? Like that was the shittest tour I've ever had in my life. I'm gonna take you on a tour of London. I was like, all right then big man let's let's see what you got so So the next day it's a Wednesday, and it's improv night at the comedy store, and he's booked us tickets, yeah. so I went along. I had no idea what this was, what improv was, anything like that and I went and it was the funniest thing I had ever seen i was I couldn't believe. That these guys were making sketches up on the spot on stage, I thought was unbelievable, and so it just gripped me massively that night so yeah i couldn't I couldn't stop thinking about it and then a few months later, I get to university in Sheffield, and there's all these societies that you have to join right to like try and make friends and all of that at the start. so I saw there was an improv comedy society, and I was like yo that's that's what I saw in my gap yeah that that stuff was really good. My friends think I'm funny. Why not? Let me just jump in. I had that, I had that little delusion, you know, which you need, you need a little bit, you need 10% delusion. Obviously everyone's friends think they're funny. That's why they're friends. But luckily I I didn't have the, the smarts to think of that. So yeah, I, I went along to this improv night and it just, it hooked me, man. It was, it was so, it was so good. I loved it. I just loved doing it so much. Um, and I probably ended up focusing on it more than I did my degree <laughs> at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean? It's like um the three years was spent doing improv, and oh yeah, I've got that exam um I did I, I did Whoops. an economics degree, yeah, exactly so wow. um yeah, so I just sort of ended up doing that more, but then i was so I was so in love with the idea of doing improv i when I moved back to London. I was trying to pursue improv, but the scene was very different. I found it quite difficult to get into. But I didn't want to lose comedy, you know. And uh, mm. so in 2018, I finally, um, I finally decided. Okay, let me. If I want to carry on doing comedy, especially more longer term and maybe as a career, you've got to write or you've got to do stand up. So let me mm. let me just try doing some stand up. I remember writing my first set, and I thought, bro. I'm the next Trevor Noah. This is amazing. Wow. Like I, I I was just, as I say, just a hundred percent delusion in my room. I went to the gig, I died on my ass, almost no laughs whatsoever. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should stick to improv. Um, but then luckily because I've been a big mouth about it and my, my parents are a bit like, yo, I thought you said you were going to try this. So When's the next gig? We doing? And I was like, Yeah, okay, fine. I guess I'll, I guess I'll book another one in. And then my fourth ever gig. Basically, when you're starting out in comedy, you have to do bringer gigs. Bringer gigs mean you have to bring somebody with you in order to perform because that's how they make up their audience. In London, you can see right. pro comedy kind of cheap like a, a lot, you know, through the week. So no one has the incentive to go to open mic comedy. So um, you got to bring someone and my friend dropped out last minute. And so I had to take my dad with me as my bringer to this gig. And I was like, hmm. Oh dear God, I don't want my dad to see this, but um, it's not, it you know, I just, I've, worse, I've, I've, man. I've been dying. I've been dying the whole, like the last three gigs, It was, they were like spaced over like eight months, these last three gigs. Cause I just couldn't bring myself to do another one. Cause they were just going so bad. And I just kept rewriting, kept rewriting, and then this this fourth gig was the first one that like went really, really well, and it was in front of my dad. And I was like, "Yo, thank God, <laughs> thank God, this has gone well." But it 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 just felt so good, man. It felt good having having that work pay off for the first time at a gig, and ever since I've been hooked. So yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was a very long winded story, but that's, no, I like that's it. That's cool. I got, I've got a couple it,
1: of things to ask. So. Most people, when they go to uni, they're like, yeah, yeah, let me go to, like, Punjabi Sark, let me go to Six Sark, let me maybe go do, like, some MMA, and you thought, no, nah, I want to go do improv.
0: I want <laughs> to go do improv, Left, bro.
1: left field thing. <laughs> I would not put that together, yeah. honestly. If you give me a list Dude. of 100 things, I'd be like, nah, he ain't going for that, he's going for these ones, yeah?
0: He's going for these ones. Well, I was the president of Six Sark at one point, so I did do that. Wow, so you were doing um, that, and improv. Mate. And improv, Yeah yeah it's mad that i got voted in it's mad that i got the authority somehow this joker is going to be the president of the six to be fair like (laughs) our six sock was so chill though man like it was like uh, i i don't know was your six sock quite chill like uh, our one was like one week (sighs) you know one week a talk on Siki, the next week laser tag and wagamama you know what i mean like, oh nice, nice. That's actually a good balance. I like that. Yeah. Um
1: mine was at mine was at Queen Mary, which was at London. And as was yeah. more there was a bit of this going on everywhere where a lot of people were butting heads. So you oh, had yeah. a Hindu sock, you had a Islamic sock, you had a Sikh sock, and you also had a Punjabi sock. Now that Punjabi sock wow. turned into a Bangara society, but that Bangara <laughs> society was then hiring people for their Bhangra team. So that was more like, go and do your meat and shirab over there. Yeah. This is John's uh, muscle. That was like the literal <laughs> distinctions between the two. That's it. There was like, wow. yeah, this is where the serious gun like happens. But somehow even I made it onto the committee of six Sock in like second year. I think I was like head of external affairs, which means head of nothing. So there you go. I was just messing yeah. around, having a good head time. Head of with external the affairs.
0: <laughs> yeah. Head of external affairs. That, that sounds like you were in office for Queen Mary Six Socks. That's mad. <laughs> what, is, what could they possibly want a 19-year-old to do as head of external affairs at six society? Listen, That's mad. I'm
1: going to go out there and I'm going to make sure that we are represented with other Six Socks. That's the external <laughs> affairs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's where we have our most difficulty in communication. Other Six Socks. We need That's a guy. It. We need yeah. a guy to liaise. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Straight that's up. mad. You need that's the guy mad. from
1: Birmingham who knows no one in London to go and liaise for us. That was me. <laughs> so I did nothing, man, all year. I was just pissing around. And that year and second year, I was doing um, the Bangalore team as well. And that's where I met my now wife. So oh, wow. that's how oh, we amazing. met as well, which is a nice little story. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. And six Suck for us was like, it was getting a bit too serious for my liking i'm not massively religious but i know i know enough and the the pathway it was kind of going down wasn't really for me it was like either it was very very religious or it was there was no middle part so i thought i can't really contribute to this in a way that i feel like it's going to be good for me so i kind of backed away a little bit and then third year i just knocked it on the head and just stuck to bangara instead um but that was Yeah. yeah a little whistle stop tour for me but then when you took your dad along to go to the actual improv night I couldn't think of anyone worse I'd want to take. I'd rather take my mum because at least she'll hug me after, you know? <laughs> or she'll be like, it's okay, brother. There's no problems. You bomb. It's fine. Don't worry. Like, it's I'll okay. go home. I'll, I'll make you some protein. Everything will be good. Yeah. Dad yeah, just look child. at you like, is that meant to be funny? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, in my family, my dad is quite like, you know, my dad is the stereotypical dad jokes dad, you know, he's quite like a jolly guy. Nice. And, um, yeah, he's just really easygoing. So he's the kind of dad, like mm. you know, I was. Everyone's got a parent they're scared of. A lot of the time, it's the dad. For me, mum, mum, mum was scarier. Ooh. Not that they were, you know, massively scary, but dad was the kind of cool. Like I can tell dad, he won't, he won't slap me. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, so dad dad was like, Yeah, come, let's go. I mean, but dad's the kind of guy, you know, he'll like you he'll be laughing his head off and afterwards you'll be like, Oh, so you like that, yeah? And he'll be like, Yeah, man, like I didn't really get what you were saying, but like you were making some funny faces, bro. It was nice. <laughs> you know, he's the kind of dad who like uh, when is... he laughs, he's <laughs> he laughs and he, he doesn't blink. He stares at you in your eyes until you laugh. He like pressures you into laughing, he's like <laughs> And you're like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, all right, Dad. But, like, yeah, man. So, <laughs> oh, man. I've got my, so I always say I've got, but I've got a mix of, uh, I've got a mix of my parents' sense of humor. It's good. My dad, he's just going for it all the time. It was my mum. Yeah. She has more like, you know, clever, sarcastic, witty uh, comments. So, uh, but, but that's yeah, a good dad combo was...
1: to have across both parents, like one sarcastic and one very open and extroverted. That, that's a good combination for you i feel i wonder who you told when you flopped your a levels though who did you tell
0: first oh bro well uh well my mum got home first so she found out first <laughs> you know that was yeah that was uh that was rough that was a rough day you know like mm. i don't know man i don't know you 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 like flop your exams and you cry you go i know I, now i know i should have taken it seriously i'm sorry mum. and then like you proceed to do the same thing for the next round of exams. And it's like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, mom. I'm just not into it, but yeah, it was just, it's just annoying. Cause like, I feel like, <laughs> again, it always comes back to my parents. My mum was, my mum was very like, cause I was like, it, it, I, I, I felt like when I was very young, I, I was doing pretty well. You know what I mean? When it came to year two, don't worry about mm. it. That man has got it, you know? Um, but then when it, when it came <laughs> You got when those sums to-
1: on lock, baby.
0: No one can touch me when it comes to year two, okay? It's uh I was <laughs> I was smashing it at the top of the year. Um but yeah, so then I get to high school. <laughs> I swear this happens, right? Um my <laughs> my school do these exams called the Cats exams, which are like I guess similar to the UK cats later on, but like obviously a much easier version for year sevens. And they because mm. they wanted to they like, you know, verbal reasoning tests and such to figure out where to place you in the year, what sets to place you. And I I ended up doing really decently in some of them. And I got called in to school um, with dad and, you know, school wanted to have a little chat to say that I'd done well. And I remember after that Mm -hmm. meeting, dad pulled me to the side. He was like, listen, man, right now you're hitting above 90%. Okay, let me tell you why that's not good. If you keep doing this well, what are we gonna talk about at Parents' Evening? We need <laughs> some room for improvement. So if you could tone it down to about 80%, that would be really good because then you're doing good, but then you can still improve, you know, there's not too much pressure on you. And I was like, <laughs> 12 years old, and my dad's like, yeah, you're doing great. In fact, just chill. Just don't don't even worry about it. And I was I really internalized that um yeah And i don't think why like why would i not though you know what i mean like i had no i had no you were uh, living
1: he <laughs> had living no critical thinking ability for like 10 years <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, but dad, remember that chat we had when i was 11 and you said just take your foot off the gas i've been taking yeah. my foot off the gas since i don't even know where the pedal <laughs> is anymore dad
0: <laughs> I don't know Dad. Yeah, Dad. we're going to need to start again. We're going to need to resume at year two again, because uh, yeah, yeah. take me back to my peak, bruv, take me back to my peak and we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I just had internalized this attitude of like, I don't need to work. Like I'm fine. I'm naturally doing okay. So it's how bad can it be? And it turns out, yeah, you really bad. <laughs> you need to study. You need to study. Um, but you know it's all good I have realized that now that I'm 30 so it's uh oh it is all, good. Okay, all right. good you're
1: younger than me man yeah. fair play yeah
0: mm. yeah yeah you you're you're a young looking guy man you remind me a lot of one of my friends what what, what are we saying 32 31 32 31? two
1: months time that's what we're
0: saying yeah man my guy looking good man looking good looking fresh appreciate looking that. sharp appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm trying to. Yeah, this is a this is a sharp look you've got going on, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure thank out you, what bro, my thank one you. is. <laughs> um, I've got to but, ask uh, you then. Hang
1: on. So so you've gone through this process of be of trying to get into the range of comedians and trying to go into that land. When you meet your okay, missus yeah. are you doing this full time? Are you trying to? Oh yes. Meet her no, on no. that level as well.
0: Well, I was doing it seriously, but I wasn't doing it full time. So, you know, you said you met your missus in Bangalore Society. I met my missus in Seek Sok as well. Um Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, man. So very similar there. So essentially, it was my second year and it was her first year. And the president had organized somebody to come and deliver a talk. And we're waiting, we're waiting. And all these new first years have come in and uh, no one's showing up. And the President calls me outside. Can I talk to you outside of them?" And I was like, "Yeah, what's going on?" And she was like, "Listen, so like we just spoke to the guy who's meant to come here, and uh he's got the month mixed up, so he's not coming. We don't have anything going on then we've got we've got uh, 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 no plans moving forward for this session. Can you please just take this session and I was like what do you what do you mean take this session like I'm not no expert." on sick key. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I I would say I'm similar to you. Like I'm very, I look way more religious than I am. Like I'm, I'm trying, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got it. Yeah. You walk yeah.
1: into that room and you say, who here believes in the caste system? That's it. That's the go to <laughs> conversation point. When you're out of ideas, you're like, thus mental. Who believes in the caste system? Yeah, that's right. None of you. Yeah. You're like, shit. Okay. Now what do, I do. What's the next thing? uh uh
0: all right i'm out of (laughs) ideas now that's it you've lost the room you've lost the room. you've lost the room exactly they honestly they were like you do improv you can do this and i was like i don't know what you think improv is (laughs) but it's certainly not the ability to take on a serious sick society talk but all right then so i went in and i was like all right guys listen this is the situation um the guy's not coming so we've got two options either we can do this talk about morality and sikki, we can divide the room into two halves and debate, or we can go to Wagamama. What do you want? And 10 minutes later, of course, we're in Wagamama's and, uh, (laughs) and, and jazz, my, my wife, she's like, yo, are you the president? That was, I don't, have you guys got a grasp on what's going on here? And I was like, "Oh, oh, hey, hey, this was not me. And, uh, so she starts giving me a hard time and she's been giving me a hard time ever since that's how that's (laughs) how that that's how that one went down yeah (laughs) absolutely mad that's great that's a really nice story so when you told her
1: parents your occupation slash day job slash ambitions what was their reaction this is more like me and Karen have a segment where we talk about confessions of a married man and i feel like you're
0: the married man that i can talk to about problems so Mm -hmm. Later, oh, man. dude! Tell me how that went Big time, big time Sorry, I realised I didn't even answer your previous question properly um, So when Jasper met me She knew I was big into improv Like she she had spotted me before She'd seen me at Sick Society Doing this mad gig outside the Students' union Where I was pretending to be an ironing board And she was like, alright, avoid that guy um, Yeah, we were in a scene, you know We were in ironing an improv board? scene Ironing board? Yeah. Sorry, What? Yep, 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 yep. I was that's where improv you don't know where it's gonna take you, man. Sometimes the scene requires you to be an ironing board. So I was an ironing board and uh yeah, she was just like I don't know who that guy is, but avoid. Um (laughs) and so uh so that was that was the first time she ever saw me. So she knew what she was getting into, is what I'm saying. Um and so she (laughs) so throughout throughout like you know my my various jobs and such yeah she's i've been going for comedy the whole time and obviously like you know recently i've i've been full-time with it which is super cool but yeah she's she's been she's known what the deal was from the start so she's been really supportive so i've been very very i've been very lucky to have supportive parents supportive in-laws when it comes to the pursuit of comedy i think the main thing for everyone was just like don't don't quit everything and do comedy straight away. Like we need you to also like, you know, sustain yourself and sustain the family. So, you know, I, I pay was the bills. pay the bills, bruv. Don't, don't, don't just go and practice being an ironing board all day. You need to put some I mean? on the table. That's it, bruv. Mm. And so, yeah. So, so that was my deal. I was like, okay, I will do what it takes to make it work. So initially when I graduated, I worked at the Apple store, um, because I thought, okay, good part-time job. Um, it'll allow me to pursue, pursue comedy. But the truth is when you're working in retail, like, you know, the, the hours are just all over the place and you need structure in your life to pursue anything, especially with comedy, you know, it's always going on in the evening. You need to be free in the evenings to go and do your, your, um, your spots. So, yeah, so I did, I did that for a couple of years trying to make it work with improv and it just wasn't working. And by that point I was sort of like, well, I don't think, I don't know if improv is the route for me. I think I need to try stand up. So then I switched to, um, Mm -hmm. a job in, in marketing for TV, um, that actually, you know, I find I utilized my degree. I was like, God, I need to be on a career path, man. Like I can't just keep doing this. So I did that. And when I started that, I, I also started comedy. Um, and I didn't quit that until I was paying the bills with comedy. So the transition was, the transition was like relatively smooth, but obviously, you know, it takes, it takes time for you to, be able to build up to a level where that's possible so that's that was the main thing i had to achieve but everyone's been so cool about it and really everyone's just like i think you know it's just been cool that people are people in my family are just like they find it cool you know they like they like it it's very different to anything run of the mill obviously and um yeah they've been really really supportive from from the get-go man and, and it's lucky because obviously There was always a good chance that that wasn't going to happen because again, in our, I talk about this in my show, in our communities, we don't, we don't talk about this. We don't, you know, even if you see somebody desi on TV, you still don't think, I don't know about you, man. I still didn't think, I didn't watch goodness gracious me and think, yeah, that could be me. I still was like, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good for them. But I, I don't, I, mm, no, I, you know, it didn't even cross my mind that, that it could be me. I was like, this is a nice show, but you know, back to economics tomorrow. So yeah, yeah, I see that you, you see what I'm saying. So it's like, it's been a a lucky process to even have the realization that I can do this, I can pursue this and I love pursuing it. It's, it's like an, it's like an alignment of uh circumstance to get here. So there's a
1: big, a big difference, isn't it? Between doing this yourself and then actually seeing what's possible. Because you don't know what's possible until you're literally out there just trying it. And there's no blueprint for you to follow. Similar with us running like a brown podcast. There's no real blueprint of like a big brown podcast right now. It's just, all right, what do you want to talk about? Oh, random shit. And then you do random shit for like a while. And then you kind of stumble upon something that fits you. And then you're thinking, okay, this is nice. But then you kind of want to grow with it as well. And not just stay in that lane. Because goodness gracious me was cool. But I knew that it was going to have a bit of a shelf life. Looking back on it now, you think it's a Mm. really cool series, but they can't do like a 10 series run of that. It's going to be one or two. And then it's probably going to be like, okay, this has had its shelf life now it's done. And the jokes in there are timeless and I still love it. And I go back and I still laugh just as hard. I've got no problems with it. The interesting factor is the shelf life and the growth of the show or the growth of that content over time. Has that evolved and changed? And how do we make sure that we grow with it in the right way so it's not just being you know like really stereotypical or really hacky i guess is the word i don't know Completely. the english word for hacky but that's what american comedians say so that's the that no that is into.
0: that that's what we say is, oh man yeah don't want it to be hack yeah man exactly because like you're you're totally right like it was amazing and i still love it too but comedy has to evolve and also what you know the notion of once once something has been said, you don't need to keep saying the same thing. Like you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sketches out there, um, you know, that have like leaned heavily, for instance, on Indian accents and you know, st- stereotypical like you know, this is what my dad, this is what my dad sounds like, this is what my mum sounds like, and you know, for me, when I I love I I love watching those sketches, but then you see how those sketches are interpreted by non-Desi people. And a lot of the time they're not, they're, they're laughing with you as much as they're laughing at you, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I, I remember distinctly one day I was, you know, I was at one of my friends, uh, I was at this like house party and I was telling this joke and I was, um, I was impersonating my mum my or my dad. And so I did, I did, this joke, I did this voice, and everybody laughed. And uh, there was this Australian guy who was like, oh, man, oh, do the do the voice again, the quickie mad voice. And I was like, what? He was like, you know, the corner Whoa. shop voice, the, the quickie mad voice, do it again, it's so good. And uh, I was like, yo, oh, oh, that's how you're, that's why you're laughing at this. It was like a real like, oh, right. Do you, do you know what I mean? It was a wake-up moment where I was like, huh, okay, not everybody laughs at this in the same way that I, f- I thought they were laughing at it. So comedy has to, it has to, you know, it has to reflect what you think, what you feel. And, uh, yeah. So I, I just, I think that sketches like that have evolved in a really great way. I just don't feel like I'm going to be the person who carries on that particular format because, uh, you know, say Russell Peters, for example, you know, Russell Peters, he's done some amazing Amazing stand up. So, so good. And then you saw with YouTubers, you know, Just Rain, aka Amazing, Superwoman, um, and they all come in with very similar concepts of like, this is my dad, this is my mom, this is what they sound like. And I was, I just thought, okay, well, cool. Well, then that's done. For me, that's done. I'm like, I, I think the way a, a lot of those guys did it was good. Um, and I don't see what I can add to this, but I certainly don't want people laughing at, this accent um so i need to figure out how to say my my stories but not have people laugh at us have people laugh with us you know
1: it's it's, it's tough to draw that line isn't it because you genuinely don't know until someone says something obtuse like do the quickie mark voice and you're thinking ooh, that's not what i'm here yeah. for and yeah. i do think that with even the stuff that me and doctor talk about we don't make it focus solely on taking the piss out of the desi content it's this is what we see as an observation this is what it is then we kind of ask why do we do that or why is that there it's more like yeah. a bit of an understanding than an actual let's just point and laugh so there's kind of a, a bit of a middle point in there where, where we look within ourselves but also look at what other people do and kind of draw some parallels between it which is a nicer way of doing it than just running through the same sketches a lot of content creators totally. now out there that are branding up and coming they're all doing just a one step a bit further off what just rain or AK has done. So I'll watch it yeah. and I'll think this is a straight AK sketch, but then yeah. I'll watch it for the next 10 seconds and they have taken it to the other extreme of it. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, I see what you've done now. It's different, but then it's, yeah. is it different for the right reasons? Not different because you're just trying to be different and it's hard to
0: draw that distinction really clearly. Absolutely, man. And context is everything, right? Like, so you guys, for instance, you're, you're, you know, you're doing this sort of brown married men podcast and it's different for us to like impersonate our parents and, and such within our own spaces because like our target audience is us. Um, yeah. In in a context. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to, obviously I don't want to speak for you, uh, but um, to, to my understanding with a lot of these spaces, you know, we're, we're talking to, Somebody with a shared life experience. So when you, when I, when I do this voice, there's no, there's no thoughts going through anyone's head like, Oh, what a silly voice. It's more like, yeah, that's what my dad does. Yeah. That's what my mom does. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you, you connect your, yeah, you're bridging those gaps within the community. And that's, that's a big part of the humor within the community. So that's contextually so different to doing doing any of those things in a comedy club where anyone could be there it's going to be an international mm-hmm. mix of people and you don't understand you know where they've come from but you know you can assume they've come from a diverse mix of places um and they come from diverse backgrounds and so you have to stop and pause and be like how does somebody perceive me and how can i bring some surprise some incongruity um into their lives when they look at me because they have make all these assumptions about me as soon as they see me so how am I now course, flipping it on its course, head for like, them? You know? Because I've,
1: I've, I've seen a few clips of you online with you on YouTube and the one you did at Mo Gilligan as well, where you open it with an Irish accent. I'm thinking, yeah. that's nice. That's different because I'm thinking, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Even I think this. <laughs> yeah. And then afterwards you come out and you drop it and you split it and you're like, okay, this is what I'm really like. And I'm thinking, that's nice. I've not seen someone do that. So I see the concept you're going for. That's quite yeah. different. We don't tend to do other accents beyond our own. Unless you're yeah. Russell Peters and you're doing the Chinese accent that he was doing, which is, sure. again, ahead of its time because he was doing that 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 one video everyone's seen of him in that white shirt and the blue band yeah. and the white trainers. And, and I'm the orange background. That, that went yeah. around so many people's houses and DVDs and flipping <laughs> yeah. memory sticks. But yeah, that was iconic. And seeing him go from that to the jokes he tells now, it's not the same. He's genuinely evolved over the past I don't know, 20 odd years he's done it from telling yeah. those kind of jokes to more older, mature, I guess, thinking, being in line with his age jokes, which is yeah different. And that that must be hard to do because you're getting away from really familiar material.
0: That's it. And the the zeitgeist changes. It, it's changed so much over the last 10 to 15 years, what people laugh at, what people feel like it's okay to laugh at. And you just got to move with it, right? Either you've got to move with it mm. Or you've got to have such diehard fans that, you know, you're going to do the same thing over and over again. And that's all they want from you. And that's all you want to do. Mm. Um And you're going to be subject to scrutiny, but you don't care because you've got your fan base. So it's, yeah. it's, it's one or the other. And, uh, you know, personally, I'm like, I'd be, well, I'd rather let's, let's move with the times, man, because, you know, what's, what's the point? I don't want to be one of these old men who's like, Oh, you, you can't even laugh at this anymore. What's the, you know, it's uh mm. it, it's a, it's a, it, cause it's a social, it's a really social thing to laugh. Right. That's what it is. It's like in a comedy club, that's why it's important for them to, to be, to be dark, to have low ceilings, to have everybody sat together because whatever a comic says, at, you know, if it makes you laugh, you've got to feel comfortable to laugh because if everything is well lit and you feel like the spotlight is on you, you're like, if I laugh at this, is it okay? Everyone's going to look at me. Everyone going to see me laugh at this. Is that okay? Am I okay to laugh at this? Because you're, so sub- you're saying subconsciously that, you know, you relate to something in what's been said, you know, you might not agree, but you might, you know, it might've, but it tickles you for some reason. So yeah, laughter is an indication of something inside you and so that's why it's that's why it's so uh you know that's why it's so ubiquitous man and that's why people resonate with it so much but also why it causes so much controversy when you look at it the other way
1: what i notice about just comedy and humor is even in the workplace when you're in a place where everyone is very formal very uptight everyone's very worried about the thing they're saying And then when you Mm. go out for a drink of them and everyone loosens up, I don't drink very often at all. I used to, but now I've stopped pretty much completely. But when I go out and I see people's humor flip, I'm thinking, oh, this is the real you. This is what you find funny. And a lot of the time, it's very dark humor. And I'm thinking, well, there's still (laughs) this real big underbelly that everyone has and this want for dark humor that still exists just because our society is kind of championing like, oh, let's be progressive and let's be nice to each other doesn't mean you can't also push the boundaries so i've, course, I've noticed yeah. that especially during covid and lockdown people were pushing boundaries really well Um, uh, was yeah. one andrew schultz he was Excellent. another they were all doing their little clips yeah, yeah. online and i've watched them and think you're doing this to a t very very well and you're keeping everybody yeah. you're giving them hope that not, that people aren't being silenced or kind of um what's the word self-censoring your your own material you're still pushing as much as you can and we're still yeah. accepting the fact that you're pushing
0: that much big time man and we're, like boundaries need to be pushed for humor you know what i mean like i think you know uh, especially when you when you're looking at satire and such like you have to you have to be saying something i don't know you don't have to be i think that's okay i don't i don't know if that's right to say either but you know i think people have different senses of humor obviously some people they will just absolutely love let's say you know observational humor about the the day-to-day intricacies of life and that's fine and that's great if that's if that's what gets you going fantastic you know but then there's there's like different different types of humor like you say there's dark humor there's satire and humor is humor is a good way to push the grain to to um spark a conversation to punch up at the you know liberal elite the, the elite in society who, who they, you know, they have, uh, they have this like overt control over society, and humor is a good way to like plant a plant a thought maybe in somebody's head or a perspective, really a perspective they might not have considered or seen before. Because a lot of people they get angry, they get angry with dark jokes or they get angry with uh, satire, like oh, how dare you say this about politicians? How dare you say this about? white people, and I'm like, don't worry, those guys still got all the power. We're just making jokes. Do you know what I mean? They, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to have a conversation with you guys, but they can change a law. They can buy a thing that I can't, you know what I mean? Like societally, um, and hierarchically, obviously, you know, it's not all white people. It's not, I don't want to make such a blanket statement, but just, you know, in terms of Western society, um, there is a hierarchy and you know you've got a it's classist as well it's not just it's not just race it's not just race based but yeah Yeah. you've got you've got to be able to to sort of have these conversations but then when you're talking about the workplace and such it goes back to context again right you know or at least you hope you hope that other people know that you're a good well-intentioned person so when you make a dark joke people aren't like Oh my god does he really think that you know mm. and that's why when you're with your closest friends you can make the most darkest ridiculous jokes because your yeah, yeah, yeah. your your best mates know that you're not this awful person but you you're just trying to make them laugh so mm. whereas you couldn't do that you couldn't do that with strangers because they're like sorry who are you and why are you saying that you you get what I'm saying and that's why somebody like Jimmy Carr can get away with saying really really dark shit because People have this, um, he's, he's got like a reputation. He's, he's a comedian. People know that about him. They, they're familiar with him. So there's this implicit. Yeah. Jimmy Carr can do this because that's his, that's his place in society. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously there's going to be controversies no matter what, but, um, uh, but you know, and reg- regardless of what you think of it, that's sort of kind of why it works. You know what I mean? So that's I think it's why
1: incredibly tough to be a comedian and also to let how do I say this to to kind of build up a quick level of understanding between yourself and the audience that you're not being offensive but you also get them to laugh and be dark within the space of minutes that level of understanding that builds between people takes years to build you're given the objective of building that in seconds to therefore allow yourself to bring them on board and stay with you so you're not losing the room and I, I, I always try and sit and watch comedians as they do it and I think you can really fuck this up or you can really do it well. And obviously it comes with time. And nine times out of 10, mm. I don't see the ones that fuck up because they're not in the venues that I go to. They must have perfected it already. But it's, mm. it's so difficult to kind of build that conversation up. And one clip out of context, everything sounds bad, no matter what it is. You hear about yeah. Dave Chappelle being drawn up on his trans jokes. And I'm thinking, but when you watch the whole show, it's not about that. And the way that he frames it was an hour long build up to a conversation point that he'd been hinting towards slowly. And that needs to be woven in, but that doesn't make for a good headline, right? So it's all really interesting how something can be taken out of context so quickly. But when you build that conversation and relationship with an audience, that's something that's unbreakable and you can't Mm. take that. You can take it outside the room, but you can't understand it unless you're in the room there
0: seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. One, 100%, man. Comedy is such a, it's, yeah. Somebody told me how hard this was. So I, I might've, uh, might've, uh, taken, taken my GCSEs more seriously, but you know, it's like, it's a, <laughs> it's, a it's a, it's a problem solving exercise. You know, you're, you're to, you're totally right, man. Like it's, um, it's, it's a very, yeah, you've got it. You've got to build this trust with people and you've got to, you've got to do it quickly. Yeah. And you know, it's not Hmm. minutes. It's, it's, if anything, it's seconds, it's milliseconds online. You know, people are making a decision about you based off your first two, three words that come out your mouth. So how effective can you make those words? How funny can you make those words and how funny can you make your whole like, you know, it's not just the words, but it's your, it's your whole vibe, your persona, your physicality. Um, it's everything. So, yeah, that's what I love about stand-up is that it's a constant challenge. There's no such, there's no completing stand-up. You know what I mean? Like, there's always mm. something more, something more to achieve, a higher level to, to get to. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, I love it.
1: Good stuff, man. Uh, I've got a few things for you that are like Desi related. So just bear with me, yeah? When you're yeah. going to a party of some sort and someone asks you, what do you do for a job? You're like, I'm a comedian. And you're like, okay, yeah. if 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 you tell an old person I'm a doctor, they're like, oh, doctor, I've got this problem with my knee, my wrist hurts, my back hurts. Do you get anything along the same conversation lines with you? Oh, or people yeah. say you're a comedian, can you do X, Y, and Z?
0: Yeah, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke then. That's the one that happens all the time. You're a comedian. Tell me a joke. For fuck's sake. Yeah, I'll just tell them I don't do that for free anymore. You know? <laughs> That's yeah. a good clapback. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to have a little, otherwise, I'm like, okay, uh, let me read a penguin joke for you. You know, jokes don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't work. They don't work like that. You, I can't just, all right, then, here we go. Here's three I've got in my back pocket, you know. um <laughs> Maybe if you're a one-liner comedian, you could, but even still, it's a bit weird to be like, dance for me, you know? It's like, it's like the same thing. If you're a comedian, go on then chop chop like <laughs> so so it's a, uh, it's absurd. yeah it's, it's absurd. absurd it's absurd yeah. i get why people i mean i get why it's why it's interesting but i think people like to it's always their first point of banter oh yeah go on then tell me a joke let me see if you're actually funny go on then and so you're like okay this has happened so many times i need a response <laughs> um, we get the same thing me and doctor both of us being bhangra
1: dancers when people find out that you dance they're like go on then and i'm like i'm not gonna lie i kind of don't i don't want to um yeah, i want to just now. enjoy my evening and <laughs> just be left alone a little bit and also <laughs> it's not my fucking wedding i'm here supporting my mum and dad uh, it's their friend's wedding they don't know who i am so if i'm this random guy doing next level moves they're gonna be thinking hang <laughs> on who's this who's this the doctor who's, who's taking the entire Who's taking my thunder on my wedding day what are you doing Right? Imagine no, 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 I'm not doing that. that's I'm so just...
0: funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Clap along we'll just quietly. Clap on the sides, man. That's it. Imagine if you were so arrogant enough to like be like, everyone, clear the dance floor. Yeah. Oh, here man. I am, bruv. Here I am. Yeah. Oh, someone, somebody, somebody, play Jeep. Here we go. Here we go. Like you know. Yes, let's go. It's you better punch. party
1: all and then punch starter afterwards, and uh, then uh, yeah. watch how this goes down. I want 140 <laughs> BPM. DJ, do it. <laughs> Here's a that, time man. code <laughs>
0: sheet, bruv. Arjo, here you go. Yeah, let's make it happen. <laughs> yeah, they can't, you can't exactly. You can't. You just can't. It's an unreasonable request. You know, yeah, with it, with. I used to have it. Funny enough, yeah, people will do it for anything. When I worked at the Apple Store, oh, you work at the Apple Store. Bruv, my headphone jack's not working. Like, it's like people would just <laughs> straight away be like, right, how do I. How do I apply my problems to your solutions? Um, it's uh, it's like such a weirdly natural thing, isn't it? Um, yeah, I, I think it is in that way for sure. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. How,
1: how many people have butchered your uh, your full name over time? Oh, all the time. Still happens all the time.
0: Um, I once <laughs> I once did a gig where somebody was like, "Oh man, you know, uh, if I." if I try to say this guy's name, I'm just going to fuck it up. So anyway, welcome the next guy. And I was like, sick, man. Oh, fuck. Yeah. That, that, that makes me look great. Doesn't it? And now I've got to stand here for 20 minutes (laughs) and be like, all right, well, here's, here's my attempt to build some authority after it's been, after it's been taken down royally after that, you know, so it happens, uh, God, it happens. So, I mean, not just, not just, not just in comedy, but in, in life in general. In uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. So much. But that's why I sort of, that's what the name of my show is based on. Uh, um, mm. because MCs, a lot of the time, they, they, they don't know, they don't know how to say my name. So I say it's Dam and Bamra, like Sam and Camera. So I called my show salmon camera, you know? Ooh, yeah. Smart, smart. Um, but then, yeah, it's, uh, and that's the thing I like, I have this sort of anglicized version of my name, Dam and Bamra rather than Dam and Bamra, because nobody can say that for for some reason. And also
1: it's true. it's true. Yeah.
0: Nobody can say it, but also like, again, I touched on this in my show. I have grown up being Dam and Bamra, but I've also been Dam and Bamra. So both of them are actually synonymous with who I am. um, I'm not mm. gonna pretend like they're not. So you know, I, I would accept either or. But <laughs> try and try and get that. Try and get the one that I say correct if you can. You know, that's because I don't Just, think it's hard. You know what? A lot of the try time, it. I'm like, there's no tricks, bruv There's try no it. tricks. Yeah, try it. Practice it. It's like salmon camera. People are, oh god, now I'm gonna say salmon camera. I'm like, oh why? <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> Um, so what would hurt is if it
1: was another desi that couldn't say your name on stage, and then they say, Oh, he said, sound on camera, Solomon Khan, right? And I'm
0: like, (laughs) (laughs) Yo, people about to be very, very upset, okay? Uh, Trust me, bro, exactly. When I rip my shirt off, you're gonna cry. Um, (laughs) so it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be nice, guys. Come on, yeah. Have you, have you had this? Like, you must, in a professional setting, you must, because you're. Your full first name is what Individ, right? Individ, yeah, yeah. The first name is Individ. So,
1: um, I, w- I grew up in Berms, so I had uh, Indavia, that, that was a common one. Indivir, uh, I, yeah. had, I, ha- I had I had Indiver because they couldn't say my name. Uh, I had someone just call me right. Inda a couple of times. So I was like, there's another syllable that follows on. There's two syllables no, I that know. follow on, but okay, all right, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I and then because. My name's Indy. I got a little bit lucky, I guess. I said this to my wife last night. I, was like, I used to get called Indiana Jones. And she said, that's a fucking win. I said, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah. I never really liked the films, but cool. I guess it's all right, I guess. could be yeah. much worse.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure, man. For sure. People get bear confused, bro. I once got a Christmas card at high school, in high school. Uh, my full first name, and Deep. card addressed to Darn Peep. D A R N P E E P. Did they just give up? And I was like, I was like, hey, like, we've known each other for three years. And she was like, it's a thought that counts. Well, is it? We've known each other for three years and you think my name is Darn Peep. Come on. You couldn't have just gone to the register and just looked at the name
1: and just fucking wrote it down. They
0: say it every day. Like, they-
1: we're in the they same class. Several no? times a day. Okay.
0: Yeah, right. yeah. We sit across from each other.
1: <laughs> they struggle with it several times a day. Maybe she picked up on the struggling enunciation.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 man. It's a madness.
1: I'm sure people must have tried to take the piss out of your name, like dumb men, and they're like, "Oh, you think you're the man?" Yeah, and I'm like,
0: "Oh, okay." Yeah, yeah. People are always like you, the man. You, the man. And I'm like, okay. I, I, I'm Why sure I am, you think. I'm sure you think you just thought of that. I'm sure you think you're the first person to say that. You're about the fifty thousandth person to said that. To say that, so <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's it's my, but at least that again. It's like it's like your Indiana Jones thing. You, the man, is actually like it's a, it, all things considered, it's a compliment. So you're like, all right, it could be right worse, then. man. Could be Trust worse, bruv. I've seen some exactly. tragic names,
1: man. Russell Peters oh, has bruv. spoken about it. Many others. I mean, Suck, deep, yeah. man deep. suck deep, I'm like, on, Mandy. Mandy. Like, yeah. You've, you've you've seen it bad. I'm like, yeah. People have had those. Those names are finished in the next generation. I'm telling you, no one's subjecting their kids to that in the Anglo-Saxon
0: world. Okay. It's mad, <laughs> bruv, Yeah. Marthuri Dikshit, bro. R- yeah. R.I.P. to that oh, surname as well, dude. Geez. Yeah, man. It's it's that's a that's a rough one to to sell. That's a rough one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Memorable though. Props. Memorable, very memorable. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Have you ever been typecasted as a singer or anything on stage or like been asked for certain roles that are just sing specific? And how does that kind of feel for you as a comedian?
0: Yeah. Um, What's what's interesting is like, you know, when I, with my agents, um, you know, I've been very, very, very lucky. Um, They've been so great. And from the, from the start, I said to them, I'm I'm not doing anything like that. Anything where they typecast you. Um so anything that's overtly typecasted, I just is just don't don't send it me. And so they're you know, there's a lot of stuff that does come through to them, but they just don't send it to me because they know that I'm not on it. Um so Mm. this is this problem's gonna continue in the industry for a while, but it's up to like, you know. It's up to people where they can you know like my agents for example are good at being like no he's not he's not gonna he's not gonna do that he doesn't want to do it he's not gonna do it um so yeah it's i've been I've been lucky to avoid it, but i I find it amazing just how much how much we've like talked about this as a community and how much it continues to happen <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. yeah um yeah it's it's mad I mean yeah I think. I, I heard Riz Ahmed in a podcast one time say saying that there's like three levels to like how you can act. I'm going to butcher this, but like the first level is like the stereotypes. The second level is that you're not stereotyped, but your ethnicity does have something to do with your character. And then the final level is like, you're just yeah. a guy. Your ethnicity doesn't matter. You're just a character, you know? And He broke through all three of those in fairness. I mean, on Rogue One... Fucking made dude! It. Massively, man, or Nightcrawler, or do you know what I mean? And yeah, um, and you know, like so he—he was—he was part of the second level for Four Lines, but Four Lines was an amazing film. It wasn't just some. But that's a cult classic, so I feel it's like a cult classic. That was, he yeah. probably
1: saw the script and thought, "This
0: is something I want to be a part of." Dude, yeah, yeah, totally, man. So yeah, there's there's so many levels to it, and we can we can get there. It's just I feel like. I feel like the big shock when people see me is like uh, it feels like they see indian 2.0 do you know what i mean they go oh yeah we've seen brown people before but that guy that guy's super indian look at his turban you know and so now they're back to like thinking about all these stereotypes and so now for me it's my job yeah. to be like yo i'm just you know i'm just another guy too bruv think about me the next time you're thinking about riz ahmed you know <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, let's let's get this show off the road I could be in Star Wars bro (laughs) Um, so uh yeah yeah man yeah it's an interesting landscape for sure
1: for sure how do you deal with um trolls online this is something that me and doctor are starting to deal with now because we're starting to get hate comments from your own people uh lovely shit posts everywhere um and believing in your material and the fact that it is legit and you're happy with it regardless of what the public perception is online. yeah, I think for you, there's an instant feedback of like a room which can tell you something. And yeah. then the clip is obviously secondary, for example. Um, yeah. How do you deal with that?
0: Dude, like, I think at first I used to be like, oh, you know, one, one negative comment could drown out like a thousand good comments, right? And I used to really fixate on it. But after a while, I'm like, what am I doing by by giving these people oxygen, like, I don't know, there's different, there's different s- schools of thought about this. You know, some people say if someone gives you a negative comment, you know, you can have, you can clap back at them and then it sparks this debate and it's actually good for your algorithm online. But then I'm like, I don't know. I, these people, they just want to They want to reply from me. They want me to feel bad. So that's literally their whole hmm. objective is pretty sad. So I'm just going to ignore it you know? And it's taken a long time Mm -hmm. to get to a point where I can read a negative comment and be like, oh, this guy's just a and Continue scrolling. (laughs) You know, you've you've just got to, it's like, uh, I suppose, you know, live comedy clubs do prepare you for that in a way where, like, you have to learn to bomb, you have to learn to not do well on stage you have to learn to stop fixating on the one face that isn't smiling when 300 people are pissing themselves you know it's natural to be like yeah but what about but i didn't get them i didn't get them why not oh you know you could have the yeah, most amazing yeah. gig of your life but why did why weren't they laughing though god's sake what's their problem and you go nah, man you're missing the point you you're you can't. you can't get everyone you just can't that's crazy mm. to think that you could so you know, the impact that you're, you know, you guys are having with your podcast that I might be having with my comedy is a positive one, man, largely. And mm. I think we're, you know, we're in this cool space where we get to have these cool conversations with cool people. A lot of it resonates with a lot of people and we get to like build this community together. Any community of any sort is going to have balance creeping in somehow. I just ignore them, man. I just ignore them. or or on occasion for my own satisfaction, I'll clap back with some sort of silly reply. Like some, some guy commented on my, my recent video today being like, don't give up your day job. And I was like, well, actually comedy is my day job. So thank you. You know, it's like, (laughs) I like that. (laughs) It's like, yeah, (laughs) bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Without being, I'm not going to give you like any sort of anger. I don't feel anger like that. Mm. I just, I'm just like, Oh, what are you doing? Get out of here, man. Like, that's the. I feeling. way yeah. too much.
1: I shouldn't, but <laughs> yeah. I enjoy the. I enjoy the clap back. I'm sorry, man. I do, but there was one guy who wrote something stupid, and then I I just commented back saying, "Why didn't you keep scrolling, then, your donkey?" And then he reported me for bullying, <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, what? How, how the fuck are you gonna reverse this on me? You did it first,
0: bro." Yeah. If I'd known that you were such a bully, I wouldn't have accepted this podcast, bro. That's mad. <laughs> That's mad, bro. That's, I'm so sorry. How dare you? How so dare sorry. you? But yeah, you? How it's, dare it's, you?
1: it's crazy, man. And even <laughs> people in your own community as well, they kind of hate on you a little bit too much. You're like, okay, shit. Like the the, the top-rated yeah. comment for us is they need to have a license for podcasts or this is why oh, not everyone geez. should have a podcast. Yeah. Like, I see that all the time. And I'm like, wow, so original so original so content. original and comment. also it's, cheers
0: it's like bro just yeah it's it's like what you said just keep scrolling bro like but you, uh, you, if you you're saying what you're saying but you're the person who took time out of their day to be negative towards someone so who's who's the loser you know it's it's quite clear Bang. <laughs> it's quite clear so just uh, <laughs> Very clear. It, you're 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 right though man it's hard it's hard but don't worry man at some point there's going to be so many comments that like, <laughs> you're going to have someone, someone's job. You, you're going to you be employing respond. somebody. Yeah, you can't. And yeah. you're you you going to employ someone to just be like, yeah, just show me the nice, the, hide all the stupid ones, bro. Um Or you're not even going to care just because like all this traction. Do you know what I mean? Like you're doing something. You're yeah. actually doing something. These guys are not doing anything. So whatever, man.
1: It's true. It's true for sure. Yeah. What's it like with other brown comedians? Are, are they all quite collaborative slash helpful to each other? Um, my hope is they are, but we don't ever get to see anyone else beyond like their on-screen media persona. The realest one that I've seen personally is Gus Khan. Um, yeah. I love the stuff that he does everywhere. He's super open. He's himself. He plays himself in his own TV show. Even on like little informal chats, he's just the same guy. And I'm thinking. There's no mask here. You're just being you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guz, Guz for real, man. Like, I've never met Guz. Uh, I mean, we follow each other and stuff. So we message on occasion, but we um, I haven't met him. But, he, like, obviously, he's he is, from what I can see, exactly like that and from what I hear exactly like that, you know. And the yeah. fact that, you know, he follows me, he likes my stuff or whatever, it's like that's support, you know. Um, Big time. Support support for somebody a much a much smaller creator a much newer newer person in the space and there's there's plenty of support man it's like it's like i say like in every community there's going to be people who are for you and uh, people who are not but um a lot of the time you do get you do get um a lot of support man and there's just not there's just not many of us so i think if you were if you were too much of a prick it would be called out too quickly, (laughs) you know, because there's there's like, there's like five of us, bro. Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, well, there's probably a bit more than that, but you know, you get the idea. You don't come across too many of us. So, um, yeah, large, large, largely it's, um, it's all good, but like, it's, the sad thing is that we don't cross paths that often because we don't, we just don't get booked on the same stuff because they only want one brown guy max one brown lady max you know right? it's right. um so that it just doesn't that doesn't happen but like on the rare occasions that we do get to see each other it's blessed man it's nice sweet that makes me
1: happy that makes me really warm inside genuinely because yeah. no, none of us ever see the ins and outs but to know that it's like that is wholesome to say the least i do want to skip ahead a little bit so yeah how does it feel to be one half of the social media parade that took down suella braverman by the time this comes out, it'll be old news. But you and Munya made two of the best skit videos I think I've seen. And I was like, yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, nice, man. Oh, I appreciate that, bro. Bro, if I could take no percent credit for taking down Sweller, oh man. That will that'll that will make my day, bro. Um ah, oh, yeah, you know what it is? I saw I saw Munya's video. I thought it was amazing, and I was like, this guy's so lucky, he gets to he gets to take down Sweller, you know? And I was like, hold on. I could do that too, you know? Um alright, it might not have yeah, as yeah, much yeah, of yeah. a might not have as much of a reach or whatever, but I could still do it. So yeah, let's let me just let me just find my angle and find my way to do it as well, because it's so yeah, this needs to be said, man. Such a such a hateful person, so we need to like figure out a way to 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 clap back and uh yeah man it's just nice that the video's sort of taken off a bit and people have resonated with it because dude there's just ugh oh, man I, I mean people talk about I mean I've got jokes about all of this stuff too but you know people talk about you should be proud of brown people in in government there's brown people in government now I'm like well no I, it doesn't cross my mind to be proud they're they're awful people they're not doing anything good for anybody <laughs> I don't care. I don't care if they're brown. It literally doesn't matter to me, man. Like, you know what I mean? In <laughs> fact, it's the opposite. I'm ashamed. I, I wish it wasn't someone brown. Now I've got to be like, oh, my God, people are associating you with me, you know? Um, you got to defend <laughs> so, this shit now. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah, it's not even. I'm like, I'll pile on with it. I'll be like, yeah, man. I'll fuck, I'll fuck all of those guys, man, that are doing doing silly things to to our country. Nah, bro. I'm not on it. And uh, that's what mm. that's what births something like the suela video do you remember way back in the day when
1: there was that sing who was uh a member of the bmp
0: <laughs> yeah yep.
1: Singh. Oh. Singh. people this is this is when me and you were like in our like late teens yeah, yeah i remember it getting yeah, traction yeah. on facebook when, when people used to use that garbage of the platform <laughs> um people were like vote for this guy vote for this thing and i was like okay let me look at him and they said, BMP. And I'm like, what's the BMP? And then I asked my siblings, because they're older. I said, what's the BMP? They said, it's a racist party. I was like, why is Uncle going for the yeah. BMP? I don't get it. <laughs> it, get just, it confused the shit out of me. And that's Look at the persons behind it with their
0: values and shit. Don't look oh. at the face. Oh my God, big time. Bro, sometimes they make it nice and obvious to you. I don't know if you've seen this guy on Twitter. There's one. There's one guy, yeah? So I'm saying, I swear to God, bro, his, his bug... R&D. is uh, I I don't know his name. I don't know his I name. I swear but his he's, name's R&D. I know the guy you're on about. The, the, he's got, the Boris he's got Johnson a, lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got this... He's got a Union Jack bug. I'm like, could there oh, be... any i, I got to find him. Hang on. I think he blocked Stupidity. me, though. Hang on, hang on. Is it? <laughs> I swear he blocked uh, me. It just cracks on. me up, man. It cracks me up so much every time I see it. I'm like, you're I'll so lost, bro. Yeah, yeah.
1: Bro, I, I looked at his bug and I'm thinking okay, I've got no problems with your bug, but you're sitting there talking. I remember the first time I heard him speak and I was thinking I did n- I did not pair this accent with you. I didn't think you would be talking in this way. I am i don't so think I've heard him
0: speak. How does, it, how does he speak?
1: Uh, I'm, Mate, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ruin your day. I'm going to find the clip after this. I sent it to my Jija <laughs> here. Yeah? I'm, I'm going to find yeah. the clip and I'm going to send it to you because I remember I sent it to him and he said, this is one thing I didn't need to see today
0: send it to me bro i don't know it might spark some fury in me for another sketch so for sure for sure but yeah man he he confuses
1: me as well i think each their own and it? it's your life but if you can't see that you're being used in a certain way for certain aspects then it's it's your uh ignorance i suppose
0: dude yeah it's mad were,
1: we're out with um munya and you were performing for him as an opening act what was that like because i saw his set live and i remember i messaged you thinking you were going to be there and i missed you by one Mm. day and i'm still a little bit gutted about that but how was that man how was obviously going through that whole process performing at a big venue of that size i'm not sure if you have done a venue that size before either
0: dude no i haven't that was my biggest venue so far i think it was ballpark two and a half thousand um i need to Double check that, but I think it was about that. Um, bro, it was electric, man. It was unreal. Like, yeah. So, Munya and I, we'd run into each other at some gigs and we just got on. And one day, he was doing a work in progress gig at the comedy store, which is like an incredible, prestigious venue. And he was like, Hey, man, like, I, um, I need another opener tonight. Do you want to, do you want to come through? Um, and I was like, Bro, yes, definitely. And so, I opened for him there and we just had such a fun time, man. Me, Munya and, uh, Joe McArdle, who's opener, um, slash writer, who is incredible also. So we had a great time. And you know, you know, when these things happen, you're like, you just got to be grateful and you can't expect anything else. Right. I was like, yeah, bro, this was, this has been amazing. Like, thank you so much. And yeah, then a couple of weeks le- later, when he was organizing his tour, he was like, yeah, bro, come, come and open for me on, on Saturday night in London. And I was like, Dude, this is Saturday crazy! Night in London. Wow, that is insane! I mean, unbelievable! Just like one one of one of my favorite ever sets. And the thing is, you know, as a comic, like you know, you you obviously we live we live for the laughter, and and in a room that size, when it's going well, it's going so well, you know, like there's two and a half mm. thousand people laughing. It's louder, it's longer, and it feels like such a yeah, such a, such a blessing to be a part of that, man. Um, yeah, Munya's really cool, man. We just ended up becoming mates and it's just, it's cool, man. It's cool to share, share a space with somebody like that because I've been a fan of his for a long time. You know what I mean? He's been doing all these sketches mm-hmm. for since, since day dot. And weirdly, Munya and I, we went to the same uni at the same time, but he was at, he was a year above me. I yes, remember him. He's spoken about Sheffield. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So like, I, I remember seeing him on campus, you know, he had this like, he had this mohawk and this like loud clothing. And we used to know him as the, the, like the guy who's, uh, he yeah, was, I think he was on, on university radio back then. So he was doing all these things, you know, Google glass was a thing back then. I don't know if you remember Google glass, these glasses with a little oh, screen fuck on him. me, Yeah. That was terrible. Dude. And he, yeah. And so they were new at the time. And he was, when he graduated, he did it with Google glass on as like part of their, part of like some sort of campaign. So yeah, like that's, that was, I had like a really rudimentary knowledge of who he was back then. So when he blow up, I was like, yo, this is the guy from uni, man. What? Like, um, <laughs> this is mad. Uh, and, uh, cause he wasn't part of, to my knowledge, he wasn't part of any of the comedy societies. Cause I, you know, I was a part of those. I never, I never, never saw him at any of those things. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. So then for us to cross Paths all these years later like this it was just it's just super cool man sometimes you just don't know what the universe is throwing at you mm. so Perfect, yeah man. really that's cool a, man
1: that's a really nice like like moment like a full circle moment where you know someone from yeah. uni you didn't think much of it and then later on down the line your careers just come into this little like part in the road Intersection, and, you meet, and you're yeah. thinking whoa that's weird it's just come together now and then you kind of question and think if i got to know you at uni Do you reckon it still would have worked out in this way now? Or did it kind of have to go down this pathway for both of us to come back and like meet at this point and then get to know each other now? It, like, I I think about things like that all the time with people I'm friends with. And I know it's super sad. Oh my God. I'm sure you must think for you, especially with an opportunity that big. Same thing.
0: No, I, I think about those things all the time as well. Like a year ago or so, it was my best friend's wedding. And I got a call a couple of days before it from my agent being like, Hey, Munya needs an opener at the comedy store. Can you, that's when he was just starting, starting his work in progress, um, shows. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, like, when is it? And they were like, it's this date." And I was like, oh dude, that's my best mate's wedding. I can't, there's no way I can. I, I, I can't go to that. Like I have, I'm definitely going to my best mate's wedding. Is there any other date I can do? They're like, no, sorry, that's the only one. But, you know, hopefully something happens or whatever. I remember Jazz, you know, my wife saying to me, don't worry about it. If it's meant to be, something will happen. And then, you know, a year down the road, all of this did happen. And you go, yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Baba Babadu wanted us to to meet at some point, (laughs) you know? I I think it's that. And also (coughs) wives just, just have this knack of
1: saying the right thing to us to make us think, you know what? Maybe you're right. And I'm not a big believer in this universe stuff or like manifestation. I think it's a load of shit. But when things like this happen, I think maybe there's a little something there that's going on. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, it's nice. It's nice to have those moments. Um. Regardless, yeah, it's very. Yeah. Once you put the facts together, you're like, this is this is nice. This is nice the way this has happened, and I'm glad that it has. When you make your sketches online um mm. for little
1: things like suella david cameron etc do you film shoot edit cut it up put it together right yourself
0: yep 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 i do everything myself the the the, the exception was actually the suella video where i got jazz to uh film for me because she was working from home that day and i was actually driving to manchester for a gig but i was like yo i've got to go in a sec but you know you've got a f- can you just like handheld style film this for me here's an example of what I want. So just can you, if you could just do that, that'd be great. And so we just quickly, quickly, I'd scripted it the night before. Cause I had the idea really late at night, the night before. Um, and so I was like, listen, let's just, if you could just do this, that'll help me out massively. I don't have to set up the tripod and all that. Um, and, uh, yeah, but other than that, man, yeah, I literally top to bottom do it myself. I edited myself. I script it myself, put it out myself, all of that. So yeah, that, this is the thing this is the thing to be a comedian. You have to have this like varied set. You've got to be a, you've got to be a comedian, but you've also got to be <laughs> a keen driver. Cause you've got to be driving around the country for gigs. You've also got to be an editor. You've got to be in marketing. You've got to be a social media guy. Like it's a lot, of, it's a, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of plates to spin, but you know, when it comes together, you're like, dude, this is so worth it. Like to create something I'm proud yeah. of. It's all, it's, it's always worth it. Um, no, I can imagine yeah. because even
1: with the part of the setting it up now, I understand technical things like mics, cameras, lights, um, editing, Final Cut Pro, moving to Premiere yeah. Pro, After Effects, um, getting reels made, how to get it made to the right dimension so it's not cutting off at the edges. What's the yeah. What's the separate areas you have to make sure you stay within the parameters? What's the hook? And you're thinking if you if you said all this lingo to me about Three years ago, I'd look at you like, what the fuck are you on about? Like, who are you? But now you just pick it up (laughs) over time. The more you do it, the better you become at it. And then gradually things start clicking. So yeah, it it is a massive grind. And I feel you with that, especially when you are literally driving two places. And then you have to, you're obviously tired from driving. You get into the venue and you're Mm. thinking, oh, I got to amp myself up now to go and do a good set, regardless of how shit the weather was and the traffic I just encountered. And someone nearly oh, cut yes. me off on the flipping A406. Yeah, <laughs> I, have to, I have to go along with this now. So what's some fucker on the A406 as well, yeah? but Always. Um, yeah, you have to head into we the venue and are. be this different guy you. now. Yeah, yeah, we do. We know exactly who they are.
0: Dude, yeah, yeah. You. This is sometimes some of my non-comedy friends ask me this. They're like, you know, you have a bad day, then what happens? You're like, well, not, comedy happens. You have to do it anyway. You have to put it to the side that it's, it's one of the challenges yeah. man like there's a lot of sacrifice particularly at the beginning as well when you're doing all these bring a night you have to bring people you have to like you have to do it so much you have to do it night after night after night um uh so it's yeah there's a lot there's a lot that you have to put in to to doing this but then i think you know you there's a lot that you have to put into doing any anything any pursuit man like you know, I'm sure you guys with this podcast, you've had to give up probably a lot of stuff and just focus a lot of your time into doing the pod. I, I mean, it helps that there's both of you working on it together. So you can like you have shoulders to yeah. lean on. You can split workloads and such. But still, it's not an easy thing to get a podcast up and running, especially one that's also a visual platform. And it, you know, you've got to make, make reels. And yeah, man, it's, just, it's like it's a very similar thing with comedy. There's live work. There's reels online, but then there's like longer form stuff. I want to make a web series, but I'm I'm also, you know, I've written a sitcom. So I'm trying to like develop that. And yeah, so you're working on several things, hoping that something does well because something does well, then it all, you know, everyone's on the same team when it comes to reels and live work and scripted work. You know, you're the brand. If you're doing something good for yourself, everything does well. So. You've gotta you've gotta be taking those shots. You've gotta be it's like buying a lottery ticket every time you do a reel, right? Every time you do any of these things, yeah. every time you put out a podcast, hey man, this could be the thing that takes me to the next level. This could be the thing where I figure something out. Um, you know, and it's not just about massive massive success or virality or anything, but it's it's about the learning process too and the iterative process of making something better every time. So anything like that. It doesn't matter if it's comedy, a podcast, being a doctor, being an accountant. If you're going to, if you want to do this to the best of your ability, it's going to take a lot. But yeah, as long as you're, you, you got to choose your, you've got to choose your struggle in life. Do you want to be someone who's, you know, content with life, but not so content with work and trying to strike a balance? Or are you somebody who's wants to really, really excel at what you're doing? But then, you know, be willing to make that sacrifice. So it's, yeah, you just got to choose what you want to do for me. Comedy. I just, I love it so much, man. I'm just like, how far can we go with this? You know? And especially as a Sardar, like, you know, I, I want to be able to represent for us. I mean, it is, I'm not going to pretend like I'm doing anybody, I'm not doing Siva by being the comedian, (laughs) but uh, this is for me. (laughs) This is for me, but it, it, it's, Cool. It's a cool space to be in. And it's a, you know, our voice is one that's seldom heard right now. So it's cool to be in a space where I can amplify a little bit in my own way. I don't claim to speak for anybody, but, um, anything that, you know, I do my best. And if that reflects on us well, that's, that is my hope. And, uh, uh, yeah, I hope that that's coming across and I'm lucky to be able to do it. I think. So, yeah,
1: I think it's coming across well in this interview, man. People can tell that you're genuine on point there's no real um ulterior motive it's just trying to get better at your craft, which is really um honorable honestly because there are people in the world that are just trying to use their own audience for the wrong reasons or just to get places quickly and then just be in it for themselves but i don't I don't get that sense when i've talk, when I've spoken to you. This is the first time that we've obviously spoken properly yeah. in person i don't get that out of you at all. I just get like a genuine guy who enjoyed Seek Suck a little bit and somehow managed to land <laughs> himself a presidency. Uh,
0: <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> big time, man. Yeah. <laughs> I needed to, I needed to fix up that CV, man. You, you saw what happened with my A-levels. I needed stuff on there. <laughs>
1: For sure. So, you,
0: you have to add things onto the bottom.
1: Like, what did you do at university? Head of external affairs over here, you know? Like, Head you of external affairs,
0: time. bro. Right. Exactly, man. Exactly. <laughs> ask, yeah. Another bullet point. Ask me, ask me details about it in the interview. You know, I'm not going to say what it is, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending just on the job I'm you. going for, ask me the details. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will. I will make it fit towards the job, man. We we have all been there. I mean, I wrote <laughs> on my CV that I was the Banglada captain of our team. I wasn't, and then I asked my other mates in the team, "Have you done this?" So, like, <laughs> listen, all of us wrote that we're captains because it shows leadership. You have to write and lie
0: about it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Done yeah. It. of course. We've all done it. Of course. We've all done it. Yeah, man. You just got to be smart. Take those wins. Who's, who would, I would love, I would love to be part of that phone call where an employer phones up like, hey, is this Queen Mary, Sikh society? We're just making sure that Indy was in fact <laughs> captain of the Pangda society in 2011. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> 2012, actually. Imagine 2012, that. 2012, oh my 2012 <laughs> you
1: know oh i imagine that imagine that what's the end goal for you as being a comedian then do you have a preference to wanting to do actual um sitcoms or just doing your own set for like an hour on tour do you have like one goal that you want to hit that is the thing you look towards every single time you go on stage
0: oh dude i'm i'm greedy i want it all man i want it all i want the netflix (laughs) special i want the sitcom i want the tour i want the international festivals um you know, once upon a time, it was all a pipe dream. And as time's gone on, I'm, I've been like, you know, I've, I've, I, I didn't I really expect myself to get this far, but it's happened. So it's possible, you know? So why not just, mm. why not um aim big? Because, you know, ultimately it's the pursuit that I enjoy the most. With anything, once you've got like a credit on your CV, you're like, this is amazing. This is great. But now I'm like looking for like, how can I, how can I push the form further? So. Yeah, man, I would love to. I would love to have all of that stuff. Um, yeah, it would be. It would be really, really cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. Watch this space. <laughs> Dream big,
1: man. That's the way to do it. But I know you've been to Fringe because I owe. I owe this to my brother. Really, he's the one that introduced me to you. Um, he went to Fringe obviously for like a week. He goes every year. The sad little guy. Uh, he'll beat me up. After Legend, you now. mean? But anyway, kick uh, <laughs> yeah. that hand way down. Sounds the road. Like, Sounds like uh, a really really good about, guy uh, to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um he told me about yourself and he told me about fringe and we don't I don't think people who aren't into comedy understand what fringe is. I I'm into comedy and I still don't understand the significance. So could you just explain to people why there's such a big opportunity there but also how hard it is to set yourself up and to go there and physically be there for X amount
0: of time? Yeah, dude. So the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is like to my knowledge the largest uh, largest performance arts festival in the world um mm. so you've got sort of around circa 20,000 performers that come to Edinburgh every August for that entire month they bring their shows to the city and they they put on their show for the whole month um and historically you'd want to do this it would be in your favor to do this because it might be a way of getting spotted by the industry increasingly it's more difficult to do that especially as mediums change you know people are looking more at social media now for example but that doesn't mean that people still don't get discovered at places like the fringe um so it's about demonstrating your work it's sort of like seen as this place where you go and you go yeah i've written an hour here's the hour everybody produces reviews you guys come check this out this is this is the product i'm selling and so you're hoping to have a good run a successful run people come and see you they like you they give you opportunities they give you good reviews and then it propels your career so this is this is the major selling point um professionally other than just showcasing uh what you do but also you know it's a great opportunity because there's performance from all around the world man that come to this festival so you're getting a chance to network, to meet people, to see things, to see shows. It's not just comedy. It's theater, drama, musicals, improv, like, you know, so much, so much performance goes on over there for the whole month. Um, so it's your chance to be a part of this performers bubble for a month and really hone in on what you do. And so I took a work in progress show up because I was like, I need to make this show better So I'm going to give myself an hour a day every single day. Well, 45 minutes a day every single day to really kick this show into shape. And Mm. um, that was my objective. The reason it's very, very difficult is because when you're moving to Edinburgh for a month, you know, you still got all your costs at home. It doesn't mean you don't have to pay rent at home, but now you've got to live somewhere else for a month. And because it's so popular as supply and demand works see i did pay attention in economics you know the uh the uh uh you know the price for things like accommodation and such just skyrocket so you have to pay all of those costs of of uh of hiring a venue of if you're doing one of the bigger venues there is a free festival option where you do do still pay but you pay a lot significantly less uh, you got to pay accommodation you got to pay for food you got to pay for advertising you got to pay you know physical posters online advertising you've got to do you know put you know put food in your mouth three times a day it's it's a very very expensive endeavor and you've got to figure out if the potential return is worth it because you're you know not not a lot of us have the capital to sustainably do this um And historically, there have been, uh, you know, a bunch of artists who have gone, given it a big go, and they've just left bankrupt, you know? And so it's a real balancing act in terms of how to do this and how to approach it. Um, I'm very lucky that one of, you know, my best friend, he, he has family in Edinburgh, so I can just stay with them. I don't have to pay for accommodation. So that's a big, that's a big cost gone for me. And then I did the free festival this year, and I've got... Uh, one, you know, a good mate who's a graphic designer. So he designed my poster. So I don't have to pay for that, you know. So there was ways I used to, you know, scrimp and save to make it work for me. Um, and yeah, it was just massively, it was massively, massively important to me to, to have those things because otherwise it's just not, it's just not feasible financially, especially at this stage of my career. So, um, yeah so i sort of did everything i could to to take this work in progress show up, and yeah i was i was you know I, I worked hard with it and i got you know i had bits of luck and alignment and i you know was very um happy to get a, a five-star review from rolling stone it was so cool man so mm-hmm. so cool real bucket list thing for me so you know it's uh, you know, a lot of the time you got to pay for PR. You got to pay for these people, you know, newspapers and publications to come to your show. So even the fact that they came was uh, so lucky. Um, mm. um, but yeah, like a fringe can cost somebody what twenty, thirty grand just for a month. So you know, for me, I, I, I couldn't even have put afford ten percent of that. Um no, I don't have an extra three grand know. to to 20, throw somewhere. Three
1: grand for the month. That's yeah extortionate
0: yeah and we, which is why there's you know there is a there is a sort of uh a, a class issue in comedy where you know that's you know that is obviously it's not accessible to so many people i i wouldn't say i'd say my my parent growing up my parents transitioned from working class to middle class is how I feel about my upbringing you know, and so I wouldn't say I've had a deprived upbringing in 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 any way but I still could not afford anything remotely close to that so you know people people but people they want to make it work so they they do what they can and uh, yeah hmm. this is the sort of this is the sort of balancing act that you've got to try and perfect for um for the fringe because there's so much there's so much to gain but you've got to make sure you don't lose out as
1: well I remember speaking to Silk Orgela in the past about this, and we asked her how come she hadn't been to Fringe, and she said she simply couldn't afford it. So it's mm. always interesting to know how you were able to go, but obviously explaining your circumstances of obviously accommodation, pretty covered, graphic design covered, but also you went to the freer side of it, which means you don't have to secure a venue for, I'm assuming there's venue costs that secured each night. You've got to stump up. Is that
0: correct? Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, the more prestigious venues cost more money. Um, so yes, <clears throat> you have to, you have to do that. Um, if you want to go to one of those bigger venues, which I do eventually want to do when I, when I, uh, debut, because debuting is like a big thing mm-hmm. in Edinburgh, when you do your first 60 minute show, um, you yeah. know, you, you will be, you, you will be sort of, um, assessed in a sense on on that so i would like that to be in a bigger venue but like you know again when i can afford it and when you know maybe i don't know i might have a producer helping me with the costs i might have you know when when i'm in a position where i can do this i will but i i'm certainly not going to i'm not going to try and put that money forward for the for the sake of debuting, because at this point I'm like, you know, I'm I'm also in a fortunate position where I'm, you know, I'm signed to a great agency. I, I currently do have conversations with producers. I, you know, I, 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 I was lucky enough to get that review from Rolling Stone. So, you know, these things are possible without, without going down that particular road. So I'm, mm. uh, I, I, I will go, but at, at the right time, at the right time for me. Sweet.
1: And hopefully when you do, shout us and we'll happily shout about it as well, man.
0: Big ups, bro. Yeah, definitely. I am... Yeah, your brother was sick, man. Yeah, it was really nice to see him. You know, when you see a sing, you're like the oh, first time, you're like, "I'll sing come, this is really nice. Then the second day you see him, you go, that's my guy. I know him now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just nice. Give him a juppy. It feels really good. Yeah. Especially <laughs> so in it's...
1: Edinburgh as well. Like, yeah, it's very, very rare to have that around there. So, yeah. So it's was nice in a it was area so cool. that's not dominated by Arprané.
0: For sure, man. It was really nice. It was just, yeah, your brother was cool, man. Tell him I said hello.
1: I will do. I will do. I'm conscious of time. So we round out our show with quickfire questions. So okay. for you, my brother, Let's uh, go. you say you're from Wembley. Well, we're going to find out how much about Wembley you actually know. Oh, okay. Here we go. Are you ready for this?
0: Yeah, man. Let's go. Question one. How tall is the Archibald Wembley Stadium? How tall is the arch above Wembley Stadium? the The, the arch is um, uh, sixty two meters high. Obviously, one hundred thirty three <laughs> meters. Right? <laughs> you, did, you didn't. You didn't let me finish. I said sixty two times two um <laughs> plus nine. That was going to be my final answer. So, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my I'm god! Sure. I was thinking over a hundred, and then I thought, nah, that's crazy. It can't be over a hundred damn okay fine all right 1-0 <laughs> to you
1: it's not 1-0 to me it's, it's your bestie ain't mine <laughs> ain't my city.
0: you're all doing right. it bruv you're doing my bestie it's 1-0 to you i'll never forget this indy oh,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> what's the what's the nickname of wembley
0: what what is the nickname of wembley Would I, yeah, bro. do people Oh, are people calling us names behind our back that's not very nice Wembley. Wembley is Wembley, bro. There's no... You're, you're going to say something like, I don't know, Little India or something. That's exactly the answer. What, well done, Little India.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's the answer. I knew it. I knew it.
0: I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> bro, this applies what to Southall. percentage of Wembley slow. Central...
1: Yes. Yeah. What percentage that's of cool. Wembley Central is brown or Asian? I'll give you like a... A ten percent leeway, of percentage here.
0: Okay, what percentage of it is brown? Do you mean like, as in desi, or are we talking about like, you know, uh, African countries as well? And okay, brown Asian. Okay, brown Asian. Um, I'm gonna say sixty-six percent. What? No. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, you had me. You had me on the road there, bro. Six percent, man. Forty-six percent. Okay. <laughs> Alright, all right. Some people have moved all out right. still. The, okay. the follow
1: up of that, what percentage of Wembley Central is white? Four <laughs> percent. <4%. laughs> Ooh, <laughs> nah. close. Five percent.
0: Five percent. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yes. I'll give you yes. that. Yeah, man. I'm pretty I'm proud of myself for that okay,
1: one. Okay, okay. Yeah. You should be, you should be. Where does the one eight two bus take you? Gold is green. Brent Cross. I mean, yeah, it kinda does. Where's the end terminus in both ways? The 182. Um,
0: oh, I should know this, man. I should know this. This is bad. I want to say 182. Um, nah, bro. Nah, gold is. I would have said gold is green. So if that's if that's wrong, then I don't know, man. It says Brent Cross Shopping Center. Or I said Brent Cross. Did you? I, I didn't saw- hear Brent Cross. Okay, yeah, yeah I said perfect. gold is green. I perfect. said Brent Cross. Yes. Yes, yes, What's, yes. Wicked. Hang on, is
1: gold as green near
0: Brent Cross? No, no, I don't think so. No, no, no. But other um, way.
1: Oh, see so, see so, see so, see, so, so you got half half the answer right? Okay, do you Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Recognize, Which song do you on. prefer? Monday At the Batchke or Crazy Frog? <laughs> it's the same song, isn't it? Um Monday Monday, At the Batskir, come on. Although Honorable Mention I would've to gone crazy, crazy Frog. Crazy Frog, man. I fucking hate that song. But that's just me. <sighs> that's funny. You hate, you hate it. it. You hate All it. Right. It's, played, it's played too much. I, I
1: can't stand it.
0: Yes. What? Just yes. from the beginning? That. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. That. Yes.
1: Last question. Ready? Let's go. How do you do an Irish accent?
0: Hell. Well, you know, I uh, just listen to someone Irish and then do my best to copy them because. You know that that's the best way to uh, to do an accent. You know, that's it. At school, it's very
1: tempting to go Jamaican.
0: To go Jamaican,
1: what from Irish? It's very tempting. Like when you go from Irish, it's so close you can easily go in that direction without realising it.
0: Yeah, a lot of the, yeah a lot a lot a lot of similar a lot of accents have similar sounds. Yeah, man. Yeah. and But they just yeah. have more dominating... That's why like Australians are good at both an English accent and an American accent, because they're somewhere yes. in the middle, you know? Um, yeah. Matt, I don't know. Accents... I've just grown up doing accents for whatever reason. I just found it fun. So, yeah. Dude, it's just fun. Just listen to someone and copy them, and then... Once it's good enough, then trial it in public. (laughs) And then people will tell you how good or bad it is. (laughs) This is on you, by the way. Disclaimer.
1: Thank you. Yeah, big disclaimer to give there. I actually actually really enjoy doing impressions of people. Um, I just don't do them publicly. I do them to my wife and she's like, you're really good. I'm like, that's nice. But I'm not going to do this publicly. (laughs) I'll I'll do it (laughs) one-to-one in the comfort of our home. But it ain't going to be on the Doctor will sometimes coax it out of me on a podcast. I'm like, all right, I'll do this bit. And then people will message saying that was shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not trying that again. So-
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, definitely when we uh, officially wrap this up, you've got to do a couple for me. Happily,
1: happily. We're How's actually going to just wrap it up now. Bro, can you please tell people where to find you online, where to find your tour and your dates and your upcoming gigs?
0: Yes. Um, so follow me on Instagram at Daman.Bamra or Daman.Bamra, whatever your philosophical stance on that is, d-a-m-a-n dot b-a-m-r-a-h. Or you can find me at DamanBamra.com. That has all my details of everything. Uh, all of my upcoming dates, all of my, uh, further bits of social media, YouTube clips, things like that. So yeah, those, those two are the main bits. Do that and we will become best friends so let's do that good i love it people dubman first of all thank
1: you very much for joining you've been a great guest we will definitely do this again hopefully in person uh, i'm going to try and come and see you as well prize of the year being out me and the wife oh. will try and come i know you've got a gig coming up in Bethel green so i will try and come to that as well because that's wicked local wicked
0: wicked oh yeah. nice amazing okay so wicked man thank you so much for having no me no worries man. this has been wicked Love what you guys are doing. Anytime, man. Anytime. Cheers, bro.
1: People, we will catch you next week. Please like the video and drop them in a message in a bit.